I'm Timothy Putnam, and I'll be your host for the next hour. Each week, we gather right here to explore the foundations of our faith, to look at the implications of our faith on our daily lives, so that together, you and I can prepare to live outside the walls. How do we deal with adversity? That's uh, that's a question I've been asking myself a lot lately. Uh, my family has kind of gone through the ringer on some personal things, and and uh, we've had just really seen the faithfulness of God through the people who were close to us. And, and you know, for us, we're not necessarily out of that ringer just yet. However, uh, this is a, a week that really reorients us uh, as a, as a people as we experience our own pain but then we see the immense suffering uh, that others go through. And so this week has really been a week of deep prayer and intercession for others, but also a week of gratitude, uh, gratitude for the things that we do have, even in the midst of our personal trials. And of course, I'm referring to the flooding that's been going on in South Texas, in, uh, in Houston, all along the Gulf Coast. Uh, and then in... Uh, also, you might not have seen this in the news, but there's been just horrendous flooding also going on in, in Nepal and India and Bangladesh. And these are people who have uh, don't have the same infrastructure that Houston has uh, and have just seen a tremendous loss of life. And so as we start today, uh, I, I'm going to do something a little different. I found this prayer on the CRS page, uh, Catholic Relief Services. And it was for a different uh, event, but we're going to go ahead and customize it for ourselves as we pray for those who are the victims of these floods. And we pray, God of all goodness, you have made us people of solidarity so that when one of your children is exalted, all may share in the glory. And when one of your children suffers, we all share in the sorrow. Our hearts are with the people of Texas, Bangladesh, India, and Nepal, suffering from torrential rain and violent flooding. Help our prayers draw them closer. Be a comfort to those who mourn. Be a hope for those who suffer. Be the strength for those who courageously offer their help, seeking the lost and reaching out to the frightened. You are a God of goodness and light and hope. Help us to be for those in Texas, Bangladesh, India, and Nepal who are in danger and despair. Help us to be a people of goodness and light and hope. Amen. And that really is my prayer, that we don't just offer our prayers. Obviously, that's something that we should do. But that we take seriously the call of Christ to us, to you and to me, uh, to be people of action. Uh, that we see in the book of James, don't be hearers of the word, be doers of the word. And so we've been given uh, this mandate by Christ to, uh, to care for the people around us. And so uh, to, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, yes, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And so uh, really as we get a sense for uh, the fact that our, our human neighbors, the, those who bear the dignity, uh, bear the image of God, the Imago Dei. These are the people who uh, look like God, right? Uh, he made them in his image. They bear uh, his image and through that have incomparable dignity. Uh, these are our brothers and our sisters. Maybe they're not brothers and sisters in the faith, but we share 
a common creator. We have a, a sense of brotherhood just by the fact that they share our humanity. So today's going to be a little bit different uh, show today. We're going to be talking with two different individuals. Joe McLean is the general manager of the Catholic radio station, that Guadalupe radio station there in Houston, Texas. Uh, and he and his family actually had to evacuate their home. Um, they, they're back now. Uh, we talked to him this last Wednesday. We're going to have that uh, just after the first break. But he didn't have a whole lot of time to give us because he was really kind of coordinating relief efforts. Uh, even though he had been uh, out of his house, he was allowed to come back. And he's been really just uh, working hard and diligently uh, to coordinate relief efforts for, for specific families and individuals. Uh, and so we only had a little bit of time with him. Then we're going to talk with uh, Father Brian O'Brien, who is uh, one of our own. He is the president of Bishop Kelly High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. But he's a Houston native. Uh, we stole him. And so uh, he's going to talk to us a little bit about his, his understanding, his experience of the situation. Uh, and then, of course, uh, today, as you're listening to this, he's already down there also to help with, uh, with coordinating relief. And so uh, we pray for those specifically who are involved in relief efforts all around the world, uh, those in, in, in Texas and, and those in uh, India, Bangladesh, Nepal, and, and elsewhere. So one of the things that really this tragedy has brought to light is the power of the individual person to make a difference. Um, one of the things that just really struck me was uh, the number of people who drove from miles and miles around, from uh, Tennessee, from uh, Louisiana, and, and other states, just because they had a boat. And so uh, they took their boat down to Houston uh, to help with rescue efforts. And uh, the, the reason they did that is because Houston is massive. Uh, six million people live there. And you can't very well move six million people without creating just major, major gridlock. I mean, it's gridlock on a normal day. Uh, you know, you go down to Houston, there's like 20 lanes of traffic and none of them are moving. Uh, every other exit has a sign that says, please move accidents off to the side. Uh, and so, you know, Houston is just always in gridlock. And so they did not evacuate Houston. They didn't evacuate it because they had tried to evacuate it back uh, 12 years ago when Rita hit right after Katrina, and uh, and that was just a nightmare. They had 100 people die just trying to evacuate. And so this time they said, you know, we're, we're not going to chance it. Uh, people are going to be safer at home. And yet eventually there were whole neighborhoods, whole swaths of the city that had to be evacuated uh, because of the rising waters. And so people stood up from wherever they were, and they said, hey, these are my people. I don't know them. I've never met them. But they need my help. And so they left work, they left whatever they were doing, they dropped it, and they drove uh, to make a difference. Now, that's just the first stage of recovery, because now uh, the real work begins. As the waters recede and uh, people don't have flood insurance there, because this is they're not in a floodplain. Uh, and so now there's financial issues. There are, uh, you've got a whole bunch of construction that's going to have to be done very, very quickly. And the, the people who are in construction in Houston are not enough uh, to do the work that needs to be done. So there's just a huge amount of rebuilding. There's a huge amount of uh, expense that's going to be going on. They, I think they said something like 500 
1,000 uh, cars uh, is their estimate of, of what was destroyed by the flood, not to mention the number of homes and much, much more. So we need to be keeping Houston specifically in our prayers, but not only in our prayers, in our action, right? Faith without works is dead. Uh, as we get to the end of the show, we're going to be talking about today's reading from church history, from the breviary from today, is just perfect, absolutely beautiful and perfect for our topic today. And we'll be taking the scripture uh, also from, from that passage from, uh, from the breviary. Because the foundations of our faith, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself— and all of the, the writings and the prophets are summed up in these two, right? Everything comes back to those two commandments. The, that foundation of our faith has major implications for the way that we uh, interact with the world. It, it makes a huge difference as I sit here and I, I think about uh, the struggles that we personally as a family have gone through. And then I look to my friends in Houston and I see people who everything they have was wiped away by the waters, right? Uh, their, their, their homes, their cars, they escaped with their life, and that's it. All of their memories, all of their, their photographs, and, and everything that they had was destroyed by a flood. And so when I consider the afflictions that others are going through, and then I turn and I look at the things that trouble me, you know, it's not that bad. So pray for the people of Houston. Pray for the, the people of Nepal and India and Bangladesh. Pray for them because they have to start over. You know, some of these people will never go back. Uh, there's still today, uh, the population, 12 years later, the population of New Orleans is not, uh, I think it's up to 90% of what it was at the time. But people leave and, and there's nothing to go back for. So but these people need homes. These people need shelter. These people need uh, resources. They need clothing. They need. They are hungry. Will we feed them? They are thirsty. Will we give them drink? They are homeless and naked. Will we? Will we give them shelter and clothe them? This is. This is the real, where the rubber meets the road. This is the real part of our faith. And you know, you you look at it and you think, well, I'm just going to give to a relief organization, and certainly. Uh, that's good. And there are some relief organizations that are more reputable and more trustworthy than others. But not everything can be done by means of the tax donation. Sometimes we have to find the person. Who is the person that we can help? I tell you, for us personally, as we've gone through our minuscule trouble, it's the people who have reached out to us personally who have made just a massive difference in our lives. And so I say to you, find the people who are suffering in the midst of Harvey, in the midst of this, uh, this devastation. Find these people and make a difference in their life. When we come back, we're going to be talking with Joe McLean. He's the general manager of Guadalupe Radio in Houston, 1430 AM. We're going to talk to him about his experiences uh, riding out the storm, going, being evacuated, and now coordinating relief efforts. Join us over on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls on Twitter. The handle's at outside the walls and don't go anywhere because we'll be right back right after this.
Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on daily life. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, and today we are turning our attention to our response as Catholics to disaster as we watch the news and see the massive flooding unfolding in Houston and all along the Gulf Coast of Texas, as well as in India, in Nepal, and Bangladesh. We're talking today with Joe McLean. He's a speaker, author, evangelist. Uh, You can find out more about him over at catholichack.com. He's also the general manager of the Guadalupe radio station in Houston. And uh, up until just earlier today, a a Harvey refugee. So, Joe, thanks for being on the show today. I know that that it takes a lot of effort being in your situation uh, to join us. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Uh, my family is safe. We are good. We uh, weathered the storm um, far better than many people, even in my own neighborhood. And we are just incredibly grateful. There's been a, a tremendous outpouring of love and prayers and support from all over the world. And that has really touched our lives. And we're so very grateful for that. And we uh, received some good news weather-wise. The storm finally decided to move out of our area. And, and unfortunately, it moved East, and we pray for those people in the Beaumont, Orange, and uh, Lake Charles area of Louisiana that uh, are now receiving the brunt of Harvey, and they've received like 20 plus inches of rainfall just in the last day, so they're seeing it in a big way. Um, But it's given us a reprieve. We saw the sun for the first time in days last night, and that was that was glorious, man. I mean, to see the sun again was just awesome. Uh, it's been brutal in Houston, Texas, and Rockport uh, was devastated by the eye wall. Corpus Christi took a brunt, um, but Houston, Texas received trillions of gallons of water, a flood, a floods, and uh, it's really decimated so many parts of our of our community here. Uh, we have close friends who have lost everything and are uh, are stuck. We we had to I had to ex- get my family on a boat to escape our home, uh, the floodwaters from our home um, the night before last, and uh, we returned last night because the floodwaters receded. Praise be to Jesus Christ, and our home is relatively in great shape. And I have neighbors down the road who are in a different circumstance, and we're praying for them. So yeah, so it's. Uh, it's a very difficult, difficult situation here in Houston. And a lot of people don't really, I think, understand the scope of this, but but Houston is the fourth largest city in the United States. I, I think Chicago spreads that rumor, but the reality is we're the third largest uh, <laughs> city in the United States. Chicago dreams it was as big as Houston. No, yeah. I, I'm just trying to make have fun in a right. difficult situation. But yeah, we're a major metropolitan city for sure. Six million plus people live here. There's two million Catholics living in Houston, mm-hmm. Texas. We have we have uh, 150 parishes and missions and organizations. Uh, we have 30 parishes that have more than 3,000 registered families here. Wow. We Our largest parish community is St. Elizabeth Van Seton uh, in the northwest side of town going towards Cyprus. And that parish has upwards of 12,000 plus registered families. Mm-hmm. So we are a very large, very dynamic uh, para- Catholic community here. And um, and it's difficult. We're the most diverse city ethnically in the United States. Uh, statistically speaking, we got uh, people from all over this planet. We are a true melting pot. And and this is the one thing about disasters that that we can look for inspiration. It brings us together. 
Uh, it's the one thing that can help human beings overcome their diversity, overcome their division, overcome their politics even, because humans need help and other humans come to the rescue. And it's it's been a blessing to see that the, the people that brought my family out of this neighborhood, which was underwater, um, were from Tennessee. They, they just drove in. They had a boat and they came they came running. Uh, I've been seeing, you know, images of volunteers who've been working nonstop for days going from one community to the next just to rescue people. Um, you know, it's it's inspirational. Mattress Mac, uh, a Catholic philanthropist here in the Metro Houston area, we call him Mattress Mac because he owns furniture stores and he's famous on television and, you know, and he's a hoot and a half, but he's a, he is a committed Catholic who is incredibly generous. He immediately opened his stores to as shelters and people, you know, he sent his trucks into high water situations to rescue people, to bring them back. And, you know, he's probably lost millions of dollars uh, because of, uh, of this. And he doesn't bat an eye at it. He just yeah. gives and gives and gives. And the entire community, and that's just, that's just an example of this entire community who's had to come together. And, uh, you know, frankly, when I watch the news, it makes my stomach turn to see politics still getting involved. Yeah. You know, who's doing what and why and who's tweeting this or that? I mean, who cares? Right. Humans need help and humans need to come to the rescue. And this is the, the time for the body of Christ to really to shine. And I think they are. Mm -hmm. We're talking today with Joe McLean, speaker, author, evangelist, general manager of the Guadalupe radio station, 1430 AM there in Houston, Texas. And you're right there in the middle of everything. You're right there in ground zero. Uh, I saw your, your Facebook live stream of the morning show the other morning was uh, done by remote. You could tell the station was closed. And so we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. You talked a little bit about uh, one person's response, the Catholic response there from Mattress Mac. Uh, let's talk just a little bit about those of us who uh, feel the urge to to help in some way that maybe we don't have a boat, maybe we're not in driving distance, but there's some sense of, hey, as a Catholic, I know I'm supposed to uh, to feed and clothe and help the least of these. Uh, I, I know that I'm called to the virtues and to, to live out the, the spiritual and the corporal acts of mercy. What's the best way for, for someone like me to get involved and actually help and not just, you know, assuage my conscience by giving to, to an organization that's not really going to help all that much. What's the best way to actually uh, make a difference on the ground where you are? Well, so uh, first and foremost, let me just emphasize the need for prayer, for sacrifice and for fasting. I mean, if you can get to adoration, go to adoration, go to Holy Mass, skip a few meals and just pray because I really truly believe that the prayer of so many save my family and save my house and save our, you know, just our lives. And um, so we're very grateful. Prayer, first and foremost, it unites. It's the glue that brings the body of Christ together. It's what the Lord wants us to do. So pray. If you haven't committed yourself to, to constant prayer for the suffering of people, please do that. This is your opportunity. Mm -hmm. uh, secondly, the things that you can do. Well, there are opportunities to just simply donate to the Catholic Charities. Even the Knights of Columbus in the Gulf Coast region, the Houston chapter, are taking donations because they're assisting in the relief efforts. So there's Catholic Charities, Knights of Columbus, the St. Vincent de Paul Society, all are boots on the ground rescue efforts. The, Knights, uh, the Order of Malta, the Maltesers, 
I mean, they're the, one of the oldest religious orders in the church today. They're larger than the Red Cross in scope and size. They are on the ground here helping to relieve the suffering of so many. They could use donations to the Maltesers. Um, and then, of course, some of the, the instant needs, like right now I'm trying to help a family get a car who lost everything in their floods and the floods yesterday at their, at their neighborhood, I mean, they took on six foot of water. It's now up into their second story of their home. They lost everything. They got out with their lives. And um, so I'm trying to help them get a new car. We have a donor in Waco, and I just got to go get it and bring it back. So we're going to be working on that. So cars are needed down here. Uh, we need dehumidifiers for these homes. Mm-hmm. So many mm-hmm. of these people, like we, are not in a flood zone. So we don't have flood insurance. They, you know, wasn't needed because we were in a 500-year flood zone. Um, but, but that's now out the window because there was flood at the door. So uh, there's so many families in that circumstance where they're not going to be getting insurance relief. They're stuck trying to tear out walls and carpets and all their furniture. It's all going onto the, the doorstep. So there are volunteers here with trucks and tools who show up to help the cleanup and their dehumidifiers are needed to, in order to dry those homes out before mold sets in and those folks get sick. So those are needed. Uh, clothes, blankets, food, diapers, all this stuff is needed. And if you're anywhere near here, you can start to coordinate your donation of the, of that of those items uh, to, through Catholic Charities would be a fantastic place to start. There are parishes here who have set themselves up as shelters and resource centers. There are other parishes here who are now underwater. Uh, St. Uh, Ignatius of Loyola in Spring is, right. is totally right. flooded out. Uh, Father Norbert in that community, I just my heart breaks for them. Father Barker at St. Philip and Huffman, they're underwater. I mean, it's just, it's a tragic situation all over town. And uh, so prayers first, materially. Second, if you can just simply make a donation, do it. Uh, there's so many Catholic, great Catholic organizations that are in need of the donations to help uh, fund the relief effort. If you have resources like dehumidifiers and, and other types of needed things, well, and you can get them here, you know, contact Catholic Charities, St. Vincent de Paul Society, and start coordinating those efforts. We're going to, uh, at the Guadalupe Radio Network, the radio station uh, that I work at, uh, we are trying to get a handle on which communities need what and so that we can help direct resources as they become aware to us. So many people have contacted me personally to say, I want to give. What can I do? That's why I'm going to get this car, <laughs> you know, just to help. Uh, so if you have cars and you can donate them, if they're functioning, workable cars, there's going to be a lot of people who need them just to get to uh, work and back because, right. you know, Life has to go on and these folks need to recover. So so I think that's a snapshot. And the best thing to do, again, is prayer. Right. And this is where our Catholic faith really hits the ground. How are we going to, to recognize the dignity of, of our brothers and sisters? How are we going to live out that Matthew 25 uh, challenge uh, to feed and clothe the hungry, to shelter the homeless? And there are so many who are in that place right now in Houston. Our prayers are with you. Thanks, Joe, for taking time out of the craziness to be on the show today. Praise God. Thank you for helping us spread the word, and thank you for praying. We've been talking with Joe McLean. He's the general manager of 1430 AM, the Guadalupe Radio Network, down there in Houston, Texas. We're going to put some stuff up on social media, facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Uh, For ways that you can get involved, places that you can donate to, 
uh, things that you can do to help in the middle of this tragedy. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back right after this. You're listening to Outside the Walls with Timothy Putnam. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and implications of our faith on our daily lives. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, and today we are talking about our response as Catholics to tragedy and to natural disasters, specifically as we've looked at what's been going on with uh, Hurricane Harvey hitting Houston and the whole south of Texas and all along the coast there, and also the flooding that we've seen in, uh, in India and Nepal and Bangladesh, all these multiple natural disasters happening all around the world at the same time. Today we're talking about how do we respond when we see that kind of, of tragedy, when we see the, the human toll that's being taken there. And today we're talking right now with Father Brian O'Brien. He's the president of Bishop Kelly High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, but he's a transplant. He's actually from the Houston area. And so we're delighted to have you here on the show today, Father. Thank you, Timothy. Great to be with you. So this is, for you, very personal. Uh, you, are, are, you know the people specifically who are being affected by this. You're, the, the places that you grew up around, uh, you're seeing the pictures and you're recognizing and, and seeing the toll in a way that those of us who haven't been in the area really understand. Yeah, it's been, uh, the last uh, several days have really been surreal. Uh, for me, kind of in, in two respects, you know, watching the storm kind of come in from the Gulf and, you know, on one level, on the human level, kind of what it was originally going to do was it was going to be south of, of where I grew up, right outside of Houston, northeast Houston. It was going to hit Corpus Christi. And there was a sense in me of, oh, my gosh, you know, Corpus Christi, I'd been there. I know a few people there. But it, it, was, it was not very personal to me. Um, and, and thinking, okay, wow, Houston's probably going to, get, going to get some rain, and I'll check in on my parents and make sure the house isn't leaking and 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 then it the, the storm really changed. Um, it became this tropical storm, and it plopped in right over Houston. And we've seen this unbel- you know torrential 500-year flood now you know affecting where I grew up and people I know and my church and my you know my high school is flooded. And as, you know, just as a human being, it it takes on a a, a much more personal feel because it's a place that I know. Yeah, and it's people that you know as well. Yeah, yeah. But as Catholics, we are a universal church. And so even though I don't have a family down in the Houston area, even though I didn't go to church in the Houston area, uh, I can look at the toll that's going on and say, these are my people. Uh, these are the people who, who I was encouraged by Christ himself uh, to care for, to not only in an in a emotional kind of care, but in an actual, physical, let me take care of your needs kind of a way. So give us some perspective of our call as Catholics and how we can, maybe if we don't have that emotion, if, if we don't have that connection, how we can stir that up and then what we do with it. Yeah, so I think, you know, when you look at, I mean, in, in Houston is the kind of the topic of the day and probably will be for the next week or two, and then as a, as a country, we kind of move, a lot of times we move on to the next, the next big tragedy. And, and unfortunately in our world, they're, they're, they seem to be more and more common. 
But, you know, I think you look at it at a tragedy like Houston, um, and really, I think my, my advice to people kind of w- would be sort of two responses. One is a, is a spiritual response, and that is in your prayer, when you're at Mass, when you're praying the rosary, when you are uh, get up in the morning, when, a, when you're praying before a meal, um, that, you, that you specifically call to mind um, the people that are being affected by Hurricane Harvey. Um, if you know people, call them by name before the Lord. Um, bring those people specifically to him, asking Mary and your favorite saint to intercede uh, for those people. And if you don't know people specifically, then, then just ask it generally um, for all the people that are affected, Houston, Galveston, uh, now Louisiana, all up and down uh, the, the Gulf Coast there. So that, that spiritual response of prayer, um, prayer makes a difference. It changes things. Um, it changes people. It changes us. And so that, that first response, and then hopefully then that prayer then turns to action. You know, faith without works is dead. Uh, and so taking that faith and putting it into action, John Paul II actually had a great line, and he said, uh, wherever people are suffering, make it your task to serve them. Wherever people are suffering, make it your task to serve them. So, you know, in this case of what's going on uh, on the Gulf Coast, um, my recommendation, certainly there are wonderful, worthwhile organizations. Um, I would offer, oh, there's the bell ringing at my school here. Uh, I would offer uh, Catholic Charities uh, USA is a great one. The Archdiocese of Galveston, Houston um, is, is setting up all kinds of uh, different funds to, to receive money. Um, my recommendation, if those don't work for you, um, or if you really want to get specific, is pick a place. Pick a church, a school, uh, of a particular family and make them your task. Um, a, gr- a group or a, or a family that, that's suffering, whose home has flooded, the church has flooded, the school has flooded, um, pick one and, and go at that one. Um, make, a, make a profound difference in the life of that family, that parish, that school, that neighborhood, um, and I think what that does is it has just uh, can have a more profound effect on us, but also on those we're helping. It's not, I'm going to send a hundred bucks to the Red Cross. By all means, do that. Oh my gosh, please do. Right. But to be able to put aside money and time and resources for someone specific, um, I think is much more, I think the way Jesus would do it, um, of, of going to that person who is suffering Right. Um, he didn't always speak about, I'm going to talk about lepers in general. I'm talking about this leper. Right. So I think that's, that's one way that we can look at it. We're talking today with Father Brian O'Brien, president of Bishop Kelly High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and a Houston native. And you bring this up, and you kind of got ahead of me because this is actually where I wanted to go with this. Uh, I think so often we see these, these disasters and just the sheer scale and scope of them, and we think, what can I do? Uh, and you bring to mind a very similar mindset and idea to what Mother Teresa would say. Uh, you know, you, you don't have to help them all, but help the one, right? Do small things with great love. And I think that it really, for once, uh, for one thing, it humanizes the uh, what's really at stake. It's no longer about buildings. It's about the people whose lives are now disrupted and trying to make a difference in providing them hope rather than just... Uh, taking care of rebuilding a building, you're actually rebuilding now a life. 
Yeah, and I think, you know, you think about if you've been watching the media over these days of, of Hurricane Harvey or any tragedy, um, think about, you know, they show like these aerial photographs and they'll show maybe a whole neighborhood or the whole city of Houston kind of underwater. Mm-hmm. And you find, and you just look at that and you say, oh my gosh, like, I can't, Lord, what is this? I can't believe this. But then the most compelling photographs and video are this one person rescuing this one other person. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a great image that I think is probably going to define this storm. And that is, um, a young man, um, holding a woman, literally like carrying her while she's carrying her baby mm-hmm. and they're up to their waist in flood water. Um, and so if you think about it, th- that's kind of the way to respond, um, that we can take kind of a 30,000 foot level and, and just sort of try to solve things generally. Or, I mean, Pope Francis talks about this all the time, get, get in the mud, get dirty, mm-hmm. uh, get down into the lives of people and accompany them right. uh, to, to, to try to, as much as possible, to relieve their suffering. So you've talked about how we can, uh, can get into uh, helping someone through prayer, through the spiritual works of mercy, through uh, accompanying them, also through the financial ways uh, of picking a family, picking a parish. How would we go about finding a family? Uh, let's say that I don't know anyone there. How do I go about getting uh, a hold of that information? Yeah, no, I would, uh, I mean, there, there are certainly organizations to, to work through. Um, I think if you dig a little bit, I'll bet everyone no, kind of that six degrees of separation. I'll bet everyone knows someone who has been affected by this flood. And it might not be someone you're related to, but maybe a friend of someone you're related to. Mm-hmm. I'll bet if you jumped on social media, Facebook, Twitter, whatever you got, and said, I want to help a specific family in Houston who knows someone. Right. My guess is that wherever you happen to live, you're going to know someone who knows someone who has been affected by Hurricane Harvey. Um, and, and, and then you start working it from there. Hey, would you mind? Uh, my, these are my friends, and their home is underwater. Would you mind sending me their number or their email? Right. And then contact and, and make, that, make that, not necessarily face-to-face, but, but make that contact and help that one particular family. And I think you'll be better for it. And certainly the people you're helping will be better for it. And, you know, maybe you can't do something where you can make a a huge difference. Maybe you think your resources are limited. Uh, Get two or three of your friends together, put together some gift cards, find some way uh, to make a difference in the life of someone else. Your family's down there. Give us just a real quick update. How's everyone doing? Yeah. So my parents are are dry. Uh, They live in Kingwood, Texas, uh, Northeast Houston, um, they, the waters are within about a half a mile of their house. Um, many of their neighbors and friends are underwater. Uh, the high school, middle school and high school I went to are, 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 uh, are about knee deep, um, in water. So my, my parents are good and they're, they're now kind of in this mode of a little, maybe survivor's guilt mm-hmm. of wow, everyone around us is, is devastated and we're, we seem to be fine. But I think my parents pretty soon will probably take them a day or so to start realizing, okay, now we've got a dry house, our neighbors don't, what are we, we going to do about it? 
Yeah, we've been talking today with Father Brian O'Brien, president of Bishop Kelly High School in the Diocese of Tulsa, Houston native. Thank you so much for being on the show today, Father. My pleasure, Timothy. God bless you. Now is the time to act. Find a way to be involved in the lives of others. Join this conversation over on facebook.com slash step outside the walls. On Twitter, the handle's at outside the walls. Talk to me about what you're doing. We'll be right back right after this. Welcome back to Outside the Walls, where we explore the foundations and the implications of our faith on our daily lives. I'm your host, Timothy Putnam, and today we've been talking specifically uh, about the flood that's gone on in Houston uh, from Hurricane Harvey and then Tropical Storm Harvey that just dumped unprecedented amounts of, of uh, rain in, in a very flat spot. And uh, you, you get a lot of rain in a flat spot and uh, that close to sea level, and it's going to get dicey. And that's exactly what's happened down in Houston. Had a great conversation uh, back on Wednesday. These were both pre-recorded interviews uh, with uh, Joe McLean, who was the uh, the general manager of the Guadalupe radio station, 1430 AM there in Houston. And we talked to him about uh, riding out the storm, about being evacuated, and then about his efforts to coordinate uh, relief. Uh, and then we also talked with uh, Father Brian O'Brien, president of Bishop Kelly High School in Tulsa, Oklahoma. If you missed any part of this show or you want to share it with someone else, uh, the good news is that we have this archived. It's over at OutsideTheWalls.com. Uh, and today we also have uh, an extra unbroadcast segment that we're going to make available to everyone. It's a little bit of a different tack, but it still has to do with how we as Catholics can make a difference in the life of another individual. You can get to that by going to OutsideTheWalls.com, clicking that Patreon link, and uh, following it to see all the unbroadcast goodness. So uh, today we've been talking about dealing with tragedy. How do we deal with those who are experiencing loss and devastation? Today's reading uh, from Church History actually comes from the breviary reading for today. And I have to tell you, I couldn't have planned this if I tried. If I, you know, this is one of those Holy Spirit things that's just absolutely perfect. If I had picked the topic first and then went looking for the, the perfect reading, I could not have picked one more perfect than what the breviary already had on this day. And it comes from a homily on the Gospel of Matthew by St. John Chrysostom. Do you want to honor Christ's body? Then do not scorn him in his nakedness, nor honor him here in the church with silken garments, while neglecting him outside, where he is cold and naked. For he who said, This is my body, and made it so by his words, also said, You saw me hungry, and did not feed me. And inasmuch as you did not do it for one of these, the least of my brothers, you did not do it for me. What we do here in the church requires a pure heart, not special garments. What we do outside requires great dedication. Let us learn, therefore, to be men of wisdom and to honor Christ as he desires. For a person being honored finds great pleasure in the honor he desires, not the honor we think best. Peter thought he was honoring Christ when he refused to let him wash his feet. But what Peter wanted was not truly an honor, quite the opposite. Give him the honor prescribed in his law by giving your riches to the poor. For God does not want golden vessels, but golden hearts. 
Now, in saying this, I am not forbidding you to make such gifts. I am only demanding that along with such gifts and before them, you give alms. He accepts the former, but he is much more pleased with the latter. In the former, only the giver profits. In the latter, the recipient does too. A gift to the church may be taken as a form of ostentation, but an alms is pure kindness. Of what use is it to weigh down Christ's table with golden cups when he himself is dying of hunger? First, fill him when he is hungry. Then use the means you have left to adorn his table. Will you have a golden cup made, but not give a cup of water? What is the use of providing the table with cloths woven of gold thread and not providing Christ himself with the clothes he needs? What profit is there in that? Tell me. If you were to see him lacking the necessary food, but were to leave him in that state and merely surround his table with gold, would he be grateful to you? Or rather, would he not be angry? What if you were to see him clad in worn-out rags and stiff from the cold, and were to forget about clothing him and instead were to set up golden columns for him, saying that you were doing it in his honor? Would he not think he was being mocked and greatly insulted? Apply this also to Christ when he comes along the roads as a pilgrim looking for shelter. You do not take him in as your guest, but you decorate floor and walls and the capital of the pillars. You provide silver chains for the lamps, but you cannot bear even to look at him as he lies chained in prison. Once again, I am not forbidding you to supply these adornments. I am urging you to provide these other things as well, and indeed, to provide them first. No one has ever been accursed for not providing ornaments. But for those who neglect their neighbor, a hell awaits with an inextinguishable fire and torment in the company of the demons. Do not, therefore, adorn the church and ignore your afflicted brother, for he is the most precious temple of all. That comes from a homily on Matthew by St. John Chrysostom. And uh, this is something that I myself have really been wrestling with internally. Uh, I've been struggling with myself and forcing myself to look at the person on the side of the road as Christ. Mother Teresa did this much better, I think, than I'll ever do. But she, she would look at someone and say, oh, here comes Jesus in his most distressing disguise. It, here, here she's lifting up the, the poorest of the poor, and she's treating them literally treating them as if this were Christ in her arms. This were Christ dying in front of her. And we look at that and we think that that's amazing, but really that's what you and I are asked to do by Christ in the Gospel of Matthew, to look and to see in the poor, to see in the naked, to see in the homeless, to see in the flood victim, the face of Christ, the suffering face of Christ, and then to go and provide some relief. And so uh, that's, that's our task. As you watch the news, uh, rather than seeing race or creed or ideology, to look and to see in the other person the face of Christ. In our reading from Scripture today, we're actually going to go back to that Scripture that St. John Chrysostom uh, wrote his homily about. This is from Matthew 25, and we're going to hear the words of Christ himself talking about the end of all days, talking about the judgment. And he says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, 
and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep at his right hand, but the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, O blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren, you did it to me. Then he will say to those at his left hand, Depart from me, you cursed, into eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you did not welcome me. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. That reading comes from the the mouth of Jesus himself, from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 25. There's an old uh, Christian song back from the late 70s, early 80s by by a musician by the name of Keith Green, where he takes that, uh, that, that reading and just absolutely lays wonderful setting around it and, uh, and really kind of puts some flesh on it. You know, we, we hear that and we hear the, the language that's different than we expect, and it seems just so far off, and yet Christ is looking at you and me. We're on one of those sides, on the right or the left. And he, uh, Keith Green sums it up by saying at the end of it, the only difference that he can find according to Scripture between the sheep and the goats is what they did and didn't do. And so you and I, who have been justified, and we talked about a couple of weeks ago, justified through baptism, and we are now walking towards sanctification as we remember our death. That sanctification just can't be personal internal holiness. It has to manifest outside. That personal holiness, as we strive to follow Christ, now has to manifest externally in social holiness. We have to see in our neighbor the face of Christ. And so uh, we've, from our guest today, had a, a number of of encouragement and opportunity to find someone who's been affected by this storm and to reach out uh, by giving monetarily, by providing resources, uh, by praying, by doing whatever we have the means to do uh, to care for those who are nearest to the heart of Christ, those who are suffering and those who are poor. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Don't forget to go over and subscribe to this. Get it on uh, on your podcast. Never miss an episode. 
Go over to OutsideTheWalls.com and find out more about that and how to become a patron of the show. Today's show is brought to you by Ryan and Sarah Jepson, great friends of ours, and all of the other people who have supported us through Patreon. Go to Outside the Walls, click that Patreon link and see how you can help as well. Until next week, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Peace.